You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 19. Hello and welcome to the 19th episode of 11 O'Clock Comics, where it's always Wednesday. I am Vince B. I'm Christopher Naisman. I'm David Price. And I'm Chris Marshall. Ooh, look at that. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm Chris Marshall. <laughs> and what do you do, fine sir? I host the Collected Comics Library. It's a little podcast. You may have heard about it. There you go. And we have another podcast luminary in the house. I don't really care for him, but we needed somebody. So, uh, what, what, what was his name again? Oh, Derek Coward. Hello, Vincent. How are you doing today? <laughs> no, we love him. Derek Umberto Ramos follower Coward. <laughs> wait, uh, this... <laughs> wait, I, I, I'm, I'm missing the joke here. Someone doesn't like Umberto? No, he loves Umberto. He was just saying on our forum today how much he appreciates his style. Well, see, I knew Derek was good people. I know. I know. <laughs> Actually, I believe my exact words were, um, I'm pretty sure that Umberto Ramos' fans will love the fact that he's going to be on uh, Runways. And and we are. And, and, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the word shit was thrown in there once or twice. Oh. <laughs> he is the shit. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. I love Umberto. Well, let, let's it's, not beat um, up the guests. It, it, did we um did we talk about Carlos Meglia last week at all? We should have if we didn't. You know, it's I think it was actually the day after we recorded. And speaking of uh, Umberto, uh, he was definitely out of the Carlos Meglia school. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Carlos Meglia. He was uh, fifty years old. Uh, yeah, around there. Yeah, years like young. fifty years. Yeah, fifty years young. Um, tragically passed away. So um, anyway, and, and we'll talk. I I would like to talk about it a little bit later. But uh, anyone who isn't familiar with Carlos Meglia uh, should hunt down his stuff. It's so beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Well, we're all here, um, Mr. Wood. For anyone, for the two people who are probably wondering where, where Mr. Wood is, uh, he won't be here this week. He's on vacation. And uh, so we, that's why we, we pulled these two wonderful gentlemen in to uh, pinch hit. Not that it takes two people to cover for wood, but 
that seems that, to be the that's, pattern that's, that's, that's that, that we form. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, do you guys do you guys know the uh, the the base rules here for for recording at eleven o'clock? Yes, Chris, we do. Okay, okay. So I do. It's, anyway. Okay, I don't know if Derek understands that we have a drink roll call. So I'm I'm assuming that he does. So I tell you what, Derek, why don't you why don't you start us off? I am drinking a uh, nice big jar of uh, orange Kool Aid with a uh, yellow straw. Is it is would would that be a mason jar of of Kool Aid? Um, is this mason? This is a ball jar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ball wide mouth jar. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's a first. Thank you, uh, Mr. Marshall. The other half I, of the the other half of the uh, Detroit podcast mafia tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the mafia. I've got a fat tire amber ale from uh, the New Belgium Brewing Company out of Colorado, which I bought in the great city of Chicago when I was last there, Chris. Nice, nice. The, the beer's getting old. You know, you can't let that uh, can't let that fat tire get warm. It's you not. I, it yeah, I know. I'm on my last few bottles right here. I got to make another run to Chicago. Uh, well, hey, um, October 25th, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> what a segue. He is as subtle as a brick, Jesus. Yeah, it's just, uh, just a little tease. Anyone out there, keep uh, October 25th open. Maybe plan a trip to Chicago. Got some, some fun uh, fun stuff uh, coming up. But uh, uh, enough of that. Uh, we'll get back to that later. Mr. Price, what are you drinking? I uh, I splurged last week picked up a bottle of Jack Daniels, so I'm having uh, Jack and ginger ale. You know, that works better with bourbon than that Tennessee stuff. I'll, I, I have it with Jim Beam, and I have, you know, it doesn't, there I mean, go. I grant that I don't have, you know, the, the straight, super smooth bourbon, but... <laughs> you know, it's, it's Norton drinks that Tennessee crap, so, you know, we'll get you we'll get you hooked up with some bourbon instead of that Tennessee sour mash stuff. Oh, but, uh, I- <laughs> and uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. B, what are you sipping on this evening? I'm dry this week. I am drinking Pepsi Max. I'm sorry. Oh. Well, we'll have David send you some of that Tennessee sour mash and spice that up a little bit, and we'll get him some bourbon. Um, speaking of bourbon, my uh, beverage for this week is uh, is a pretty good one. It's uh, it's it's new. I actually picked it out because of the name, and and it fits uh, a book that I'm reviewing, uh, which you can read all about uh, if. I'm not up too late tonight, and I actually get to write my my article, which I haven't written yet, uh, which you can read at ifanboy.com. It's called Comic Shots, and it's uh, Booze Meets Comics. And this week, my drink is called uh, A Ragged Company. And it is uh, bourbon, sweet vermouth, Benedictine bitters, and uh, and a little lemon twist served up in a martini glass. So it's uh, if you like a Manhattan, it's kind of like a Manhattan, maybe a little bit smoother, and has a little bit of an herbal taste from the Benedictine. So there you go. That's my drink tonight. Cool. Wow. And what goes along with the drink? Um, well, a comic does, and you'll hopefully be able to read about that tomorrow. Cool. 
I'm, so looking, I'm looking forward to it. So, so, so if we so if we hear a lot of typing, it's not that Ian's on the show. It's just that Chris has to get his review out. Exactly. Yeah. Still have to still have to write the rest of my comic shots article. So you know, it's uh, my wife calls me today about uh, about. 12:30, and I was going to write the article tonight before I started talking. And she was like, "Hey, the folks from work there. She works for a, a healthcare company, and one of the drug reps was in today and said, "Hey, you know, we're going to take everyone out for dinner." So she calls me up, and says, "Hey, we're going out for dinner tonight." And I was like, "But honey, it's Wednesday." She's like, "Yeah, you have to go to the comic shop tomorrow." And I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, but I have." an article to write she's like yeah no we're going to dinner so i didn't go to the comic shop didn't write my article i'm freaking out here guys <sighs> you know it seems to be a pattern because i've i had a hell of a time getting my books today i had to make two trips to the comic shop uh the first trip was you know shot to hell because it's the weekend of the annual italian festival in scranton so they block off the whole city square and that like what you and you and your neighbor? No, no. There's a lot of people that go to that. But anyway, and and the comic shop is on the street perpendicular to the square. It's like square. It's like a block away. So UPS couldn't get anywhere near the comic shop for when I usually pick up my books, which is like 11:30. So I thought, you know, what the hell? I'll go down see if the books are there. So I had to take my son, and I get there, no books. So I decided to pillaged the, the quarter boxes so i'm going through the quarter boxes and he starts he comes up to me and, he, and he's like daddy i have to pee and he's, he's standing there grabbing his pork and beans you know right in the middle of the of the comic shop so i had well, to he's leave. italian yeah i had i bought some 25 cent books there reminds I, me of whenever you and i were at wizard world chicago <laughs> with quarter boxes nice. oh i'm telling you our local shop has the killer quarter boxes so i left and then Maybe about four or five hours later, I went back, got my books, and thankfully I did because something came out this week that is just awesome, but I won't get into it right now because we have some mail to read. We got mail. Wait, an actual letter? <laughs> uh, an actual snail mail letter, but, and we got a couple digital ones too, but we, and, and it was accompanied by a package. How about that? So I'm gonna, I'll hold that. You know, I'll hold this one for last because it's pretty cool, and I got the feeling that this episode's going to be a real winner because two seconds before I, I, I jumped onto Skype, I got a PM from Chris consisting of nothing more than one line of text. And I'm quoting here, I'm a little teapot. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he said. Please, please clarify which Chris. <laughs> no, no, not you. Chris Eastman. <laughs> so he's a little teapot. Anyway. Uh, yes, sir. Short and stout. <laughs> the first letter, uh, and this is part of the digital stuff, comes from our good buddy PHH on the forum, who has the coolest name ever, Per Henrik. Per, he yeah. Yeah, Per Hed Henrik Hedman. That is so cool. I love that name. Anyway, he says, hello, I'm drunk. That is just a <laughs> disclaimer for misspelled word words and crazy opinions. I just want to thank the man for some quality entertainment. I have lost my train of thought. Hmm, there must be something wrong with my drink. I must send an email to Chris just to learn how to make coherent sentences when drunk. Well, he's not going to be able to help you with that. And he says, you know, love the show. You're the man, blah, blah, blah. I'm at my third read through Final Crisis number three. And now that I'm drunk, it all makes sense. <laughs> how are you liking it? Well, I like it just fine. I love it. And... 
Chris, I'm sure, loves it too. Yeah, and they- yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really enjoying it, and and I think that you can mix up different things. It's uh, you get you you get different takes on uh, on whatever your current um, state of mind is. So right. experiment. And even David sent me a a PM last week, and he said. Renee caught me in the bathroom with Final Crisis number three, and she's kind of looking at me funny. You know what I'm saying? So he loves it, too. Don't let him kid you. He loves the art. Loves it. David? Yeah, I'm right here, buddy. <laughs> that was he, nice. He was pleasuring himself to Final Crisis. <sighs> All right. Next letter. Hey, I wa- no, I want to know what Derek thinks of Final Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Derek, what do you like about Final Crisis besides everything? Come on, tell us. That that it saves him three ninety nine. There you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, why did we ask him to be on? I read the first. I read the first issue, and I read the second issue simply because I had already ordered it from my local comic shop, and I haven't read anything since. I tell you what, it's for me. Personally, the third issue is what pushed it over the top. I I was a little lost. The first two issues didn't have me completely grabbed. The third issue really sold the sold the product to me. I and I don't know if Vince feels that way or David, but the third issue it seemed like it really hit its stride, and and I felt like things were were moving in a, in a direction that I could kind of grab onto that and i don't know if you've read seven soldiers seven soldiers of victory but i'm just finishing that up and that adds some interesting layers to it that that i thought are pretty cool yeah when i read uh seven soldiers number two i said it was quite possibly the worst comic book i've ever read from dc comics it's pretty amazing because there was never a seven soldiers number two well, I read, I read something that was a number. No, was it number one? They went yeah. zero. Whatever it was, it, that was that was the last issue of a thirty issue series, yeah. basically. And you know, it felt like it because oh. it was. <laughs> you know, I, I have to defend Derek a little bit here. Uh-huh. I had to read the thing twice. Oh, Seven Soldiers? The the, the number one issue? I, I had oh, to read it Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very disjointed. It, it's, I mean, it, that, that was kind of an experiment. And is it the greatest single comic ever? No. But I, I think Seven Soldiers as a, as a, as a complete unit oh, is, yeah. is, a, is a pretty neat piece of work. Well, I don't, I don't know about disjointed. I, I just think there's so much, so much stuff. In, in that number one issue that I, I had to go through it twice. There was I couldn't absorb it all the first time around. That's you know, that's what I'm saying. It's freaking great. You know, what does he know? But uh Derek. Yes. I, I will make a a little bet with you. Go to the comic shop and get yeah. Superman Beyond, the Final Crisis tie in Superman Beyond in three D. If if that doesn't make you appreciate what you've read in f- the first two Final Crisis crises, you're not going to like it at all. Th- this issue explains everything. More on that later. But if you have any questions about anything that's going on, something something doesn't make sense, it's all explained in this issue. All of it. How about that? Everything is explained. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's it's. I I would call it the. Guidebook to life, the universe, and everything in in the DC universe. It's it's real deep. It's highly conceptual and it's very meta. It's you know how Morrison likes to mess around with the metafiction. It's extremely meta. Mm. Yeah. 
awesome. No? <laughs> he's, not, he's not doing it for him. <laughs> Mr. Marshall, what do you think about Final Crisis? Uh, I've read the first issue and the first issue only. Oh. And I know, I know. I'll, I'll get into it. Um, but I have two things to say. One thing that, and I want to hear what Derek has to say about this too, that the artist's depiction of the skyline of Detroit on the first two pages was pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was pretty cool. Because I, I, I was showing my, my eight-year-old, Patrick, because uh, he knows all the buildings from downtown. We were like pointing out each building, and he thought it was pretty cool with the, the red sky and you know everything and the superheroes all around it. And he, he thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but also I heard that another good tie-in of Vince is Rogue's Revenge. And I have not picked it up yet, but I'm hearing a lot of good things about it. It's, it. It was fun, yeah. Yeah. But it, as far as unraveling the mystery that Morrison is weaving with Final Crisis, I don't think no. uh, Rogue's okay. Revenge plays all that much of a, a big part in it. Okay. N- nowhere near the, as as much as the Superman thing does. Okay. Yeah. I think... I think- I'm trying to think of any of the Final Crisis quote-unquote tie-ins or stuff under the banner that would shed light on what's going on in the main series. I have a feeling they're going to tie in together at the end, but I haven't read any of them that I'm like, okay, I I wouldn't know what's going on in Final Crisis if I hadn't read this. Right. Um, Revelations, the, the first one, was good, and it's got some stuff with Libra going on, but didn't really yeah, I don't feel like I needed it for the main series I, th- I feel like they're they're operating kind of independently of each other which is I, I guess good and, and bad well you know not not to spoil it for anyone but I think the confrontation between that certain person on the cover and Libra was very telling yeah yeah but I think that I think that will be revealed in its own in, yeah. on its own in Final Crisis. But, yeah, like Rogue's Revenge, you know, Crisis uh, uh, or the uh, the Legion of Three Worlds was awesome. I don't know mm-hmm. how that's going to tie into Final Crisis, but everything under the banner has been really entertaining so far. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, I have a question about all these things. Um, and, Chris, maybe you can answer this, but do you mm-hmm. think just maybe possibly DC might collect these in, like, one big, like, collection or something? Ah, well, you know what? I am so glad you asked me that because um, over at the DC Archives Forum, there is a uh, a thread said how, and it's about how Final Crisis would be collected. Do you want me to run it down for you guys real quick? That would be awesome. Okay, uh, the first trade, there's going to be five trades. This is what these guys are guessing on the forums. The first trade will collect the seven-issue miniseries, the Director's Cut Special, and the Sketchbook. The second one would be t- titled The Final Crisis Companion and collect DC Universe Zero, Requiem, Rogue's Revenge, uh, and Last Will and Testament. The third trade will be a DC Universe-encompassing trade, collecting uh, Final Crisis Superman Beyond, Final Crisis Resist, uh, Rage of the Red Lanterns, and uh, Final Crisis Submit, which I'm not aware of that title. Uh, another one would be uh, Final Crisis Revelations. This will collect the five-issue miniseries focusing on the Spectre and the Crime Bible and the Question. And the last trade would be Legion of Three Worlds collecting the miniseries there. So what do you guys think? Wow. That will be a nice collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are these all going to be trades or hardcovers? 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's a, that's anybody's guess. I'm, I'm sure there'll be Final Crisis, the hardcover, but everything else will be in trades. Mm-hmm. And that, these are just guesses, you know, fanboy guesses. So. so in other words, I could save money now and just buy the whole thing in a couple of months? Yeah, sure. I'd say I'd say most of it will probably be collected by early spring, be yeah. my guess. You know, I'm glad Derek brought that up because I was going through the previews today. And as usual, I tend to dwell on the image section. Now, I have been buying an image book called Lucha Libre. Anybody <laughs> familiar with that? I've heard, Dave. I've heard of it. It's a great little title, and it uh, retails for six ninety nine. And there's been five issues to date. I think five issues to date published at at five at uh, six ninety nine a piece. Well, the trade is offered in this preview. Oh, no, and you know it just ticked me off because I'm I've been supporting the book in the monthly format. Let me find the damn thing here, and the trade goes for 160 pages, which encompasses issues one to five. And guess how much the trade is? 19.99. Ooh, jeez! It's like, well, you know, thanks for rewarding me for supporting this book here. So with each um. With, with each issue, did they come with the with the complimentary thing of uh, KY? <laughs> it's it's an oversized comic, square bound. You know what we used to call the prestige format, uh, glossy paper, thick covers. It's it's worth five to six ninety nine an issue, but uh, I don't understand the logic behind that. How many pages? I would say sixty four. It, it maybe. 48, but it looks more like 64. It's really not that bad. No, it's not, but I mean... Because if you think about uh, what Dark Knight Strikes Again, that was about five ninety nine back in those days, and that was about the same. You know, I think I think Image is going to start doing more of these. I've 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 heard some different. Well, we had a guy on uh, on AC a couple weeks ago doing uh, uh, doing a a two-issue series called The Roberts, and it's coming out in two 48-page uh, yeah, prestige format. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like that. It's, you know, for um, for me anyway, it's it's kind of like a trade without being a trade. It fits right on the shelf and, you know, has the has the, the spine with the, with the stuff printed. I, I love all the Elseworlds stuff that I have in that format because I've got, you know, all that on my on my on my trade shelf. I'm right. si- I'm sick to death of long boxes and bags and boards. Oh, let's I'm going to get into that later, but I understand the vertigo strategy where they'll <clears throat> excuse me, release a first trade at a discount price to suck you into buying the ongoing series, the individual issues. That's fine, but this Lucha Libre is not an ongoing. Mm-hmm. So, I I don't know what the strategy is here. If the strategy is to tick off everybody that's been buying the book in singles, <laughs> I think it's going to work yeah, pretty good. All right. Second letter. If any of our, everybody else has nothing to say, I will get on with this. Everybody good? I'm good. Okay. Uh, this is from Trevor Chapman from Brampton, Ontario, Canada, our friends up north. Uh, I'm working on the problem he has, but I thought I'd read the letter on the show in case anybody else has a clue, because I've been looking for the book he asked about in my mm, 
maybe 75, 80 boxes of comics, and I haven't been able to find it yet, so maybe somebody else can help them out. I've been listening to and enjoying Bullpen Bulletins and 11 O'Clock Comics since they both started, and as such, I realize the huge Kirby fan you must be. With that in mind, I need some help. When I was around seven, in the mid-70s, my grandparents had bought me a bunch of comics. One of the ones I remember most is an issue of Black Panther. The only two things I can remember about this comic are, one, a lot of broken mirrors and glass, and two, an unmasking of a villain who has an enormous head that has little or no hair and lots of bumps warts on a splash page. And he's saying it may be the end reveal of the book, maybe somewhere inside. He's not quite sure. What he'd like to know, mostly for nostalgia, is if he's got the right comic title, what issue it was, and who the revealed villain was. And he says, please let me know if you can assist with this or how I could best determine the veracity of my thinking. That's very difficult because I can't determine the veracity of my thinking. But uh, he says, much much appreciated, Trevor Chapman. Ontario, Canada. So if anybody knows this issue of Black Panther, or if it's not Black Panther, what Kirby issue was this that featured all the things that he talked about in that uh, little paragraph there? Anybody have a clue? Uh, is he talking about Jack Kirby? You betcha. Is there, there's another Kirby? Never <laughs> mind. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's uh, putting it up on a T right now. I yep, can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we do love Derek. All right, and the third letter, which accompanies... See, it's physical. I wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't physical. Uh, Came with a package. It's from uh, Mr. Matt Burden, who goes by the name of Templar on our forum. Uh, Good old Templar. He's he's from the UK. Yes, he is. Yeah. He says, uh, hey, Vince, Templar here. Just a sweet package to say many thanks for an amazing show. Just gotten to listening to podcasts in the last few months, and already I've found my new audio home. It's my weekly way to exercise the comic book demons that would be unleashed if I made my weekly visits to my local comic shop. I drag my one-and-a-half-year-old daughter to the shop once a month for my huge stack that's accumulated over the four weeks. So how much of a chore is Brand New Day for me? Twelve issues in one shot. (laughs) Wow. Uh, anyway, thanks to you guys, there's been some trimming of the stack, and now the likes of House of Mystery, Lock and Key, and Young Liars are now getting read. I'm feeling like I did when a good friend of mine threw a copy of Preacher gone to Texas at me and said, bring that back tomorrow and I'll give you the next one. And of course I did, and I never looked back. Having mostly been a Marvel guy for the last ten years, DC intimidates the hell out of me. Well, I'll change that. Where would I begin? Trinity is appealing to me because of vaguely, and would I be lost in that world? Final Crisis, again, as much as it sounds amazing, would it be wasted on me as a newcomer to that universe? Anyway, I hope what was in the box has found a good home, and if you do already have him, please pass him on to a fellow blah, blah, blah fan. So to you, Dave, Chris, Wood. many thanks for a great show that has me laughing, gasping, frowning, thirsty, smiley, Smiling, frantically note-taking, and always eBaying. My wife doesn't send her thanks for that one, though. <laughs> see, see you on the forums. Kindest regards. Matt Burden, a.k.a. Templar. P.S. Please recommend my local comic store to those in the U.K. It is awesome. It's a great family-run shop owned by Steve and Allison. Amazing selection of back issues and always a great discount. The name of the place is called 
A Place in Space. And you can find this at 101 Church Street, Croydon, in Croydon, CR01RN, blah, 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 whatever that, those numbers mean. So it's in Croydon. It's called A Place in Space. Matt says it's awesome. You should go there if you live in the UK. So you want me to tell you what he sent me? He sound like a garden gnome or something. What? So it, 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 I hope I hope he finds a good home. Or if you, yeah, you know what he sent me? <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, yeah, he sent me. Uh, are you guys aware of the Marvel Comics superhero collection? Those little pewter statues that you you get with the the bot the magazine. The yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a I I got a bunch of them. He sent me a dark side. How about that? What? Nice. Huh? Isn't that nice? That's awesome. And this thing must go like, you know, I'm exaggerating, but like a pound. He sent it from the UK. Couldn't Wait, have I thought I thought they were only doing the Marvel ones of those. Well, I guess not because I got a dark side one here. And the magazine that comes with it is really awesome. It's like the huh? history of the new gods and it's all full color and there's Kirby all over it. It's This is the same company? The name of the company is uh, hand-painted official collector's edition cast in lead. Lead? Yeah. I thought, I thought it was pewter. He's getting poisoned. Don't eat it. Yeah. See, yeah, that's... That, don't, don't lick it. Don't this lick is, it. This is David Price trying to... He's he's trying to get somebody... No, because he thought dark side. Vince is going to love that. Send him some lead. Poison the bastard. That's what it is. What's the name of the company? Because I thought they only did Marvel. Name of the company is... Um, they might only do Marvel in the States. No, they no, they they don't even do them in the states. They're only in the UK. It says vi- visit our website at uh, www.eaglemoss.com forward slash dc. Uh, spell that again. Eagle moss, E A G L E moss, as in the green stuff that grows on the was it north side of the tree? Yep. Yeah, it, it's it's all DC. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. So thank you, Matt. There you go. And you know, I put them cool. on. I put them on my shelf next to my statue of the Buddha. So Darkseid's threatening the Buddha, and the Buddha has nothing to do with that. He's just standing there smiling, thinking, you know, you got balls threatening me, but I'm the Buddha. So he's nonplussed. He doesn't care. So I, I, I got a question, though. What's that? Who's Dave? Oh, did I say Dave again? Oh, you well, mean he said Dave in the letter? Said, yes. Did he? See? Real letter. Did he say Dave? Yes, he <laughs> did. <laughs> To anyone who wants to come to our forum, it, you can find it at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Come on in and write a message to Dave. He'll love you for it. Dave Windorf, Citizen Dave, Backwards Dave. We've got a bunch of Daves. Dave Price. <laughs> Dude, these things look really nice. I'm telling you, it's beautiful, and it's larger yeah. than the Marvel ones. Yeah, the, the Batman. The Batman alone. Oh, David, there's a Hal Jordan that you're going to rap over. <laughs> So there you go. Awesome stuff. And, and so we're done with the business, and now we can just go back to talking comics. Hey, everybody at 11 O'Clock Comics. This is Carlos Cordova. I was just calling because I was listening to the, to the Robin Kirkman Manifesto episode, and I am, I am halfway through it or so. And I just wanted to call and just give, give a couple opinions on mine. Um, one, one opinion is that Kurt, the, my major flaw in it, and I think Wood and... Um, Vin's were in agreement here, but Curtis Mater's flaws, most indie books or creator-owned books don't sell as well as people's company work. Go look at Brubaker's numbers on Captain America and then look at his numbers on Criminal. Look at Bendis' numbers on Ultimate Spider-Man and look at his numbers on Powers. 
John, if we're going to go for artists, look at John Romita. Look at John Romita Jr.'s numbers on like Amazing Spider-Man or something. Then go look at what the gray area sold for Image and see if even anybody even bought that book because I did. But you know, that is, I'm an anomaly. I'm an anomaly. I've always liked superhero and indie books ever since I first got into comics. So I've always walked the line on both sides. So if I saw a creator I liked, I'd pick up their their creator own as well as their superhero stuff. But not everybody's like that. Not everybody's like me. And it's really interesting to see. I mean, it'd be nice to have all these people work for Marvel or DC, get really huge, and then go off and go do their own thing. But the reality of it is a lot of people don't buy comics because of the creators. I mean, sure, there's plenty of us that do, but there's a lot of people out there that, who who don't speak their voices and just get their comics and read. But they don't buy them because of the creators. They buy them because of the characters. That's the thing that a lot of people don't seem to get. Yeah, sure, so we have... You know, we could have the superstar dream team on Spider-Man, but if that superstar dream team doesn't go, goes and does their own creator book, nobody's going to care because it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man's still going to sell a lot more. Instead, when you got to put food in your kid's mouth and stuff like that, you gotta you got to bring money home to pay the bills and family and stuff like that. You know, it's not it's not a plausible thing. Kurtman is really an anomaly. You know, it, it's just, yeah, that's just how I feel. I mean, I love the idea of it. I wish everybody got out there and did, did more creator-owned stuff because the creator-owned stuff is the funnest stuff that I enjoy. Look at Hellboy. Look at Sin City. You know, most of the books that were put out on the Legend line, you know, the Art Adams stuff, the John Byrne, John Byrne stuff, all that stuff was really great. But still, I don't know. Said creator-owned stuff, I love it, but it's not a viable option for feeding your family most of the time. And so a lot of creators go and do the superhero stuff, you know. So and that's... That's just my thought on that. So, um, you know, what am I doing? I could just put this on the board. Gosh. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Let's start with our guests because that's the polite thing to do. Mr. Coward, what's floating your boat? What's 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 getting to you these days? Um, from which company? Doesn't matter. Go crazy. Uh, well. Right now, and this may sound really weird, but the uh, best thing from DC that I'm reading is uh, DC Wildstorm Dream War. I saw you mention that on the forum a bunch of times. Yeah, it is. It is like a really fun miniseries where the DC heroes and the Wildstorm heroes are interacting and fighting each other, and it's it's just like those old. Um, uh, like super team crossovers from the 70s and 80s. It's nice. really a lot of fun. Cool. Is everybody represented, like Gen 13 and Authority? Like, is everybody in there? Pretty much. I mean, if there's somebody, well, yeah. If, I'm, about, I'm about to say, if there's anybody that's not in there, I don't know who, but. Uh, is Christos Gage right in that? Um, I do believe he might be. I don't have it in front of me. But um, it's some good stuff. Yeah, like I said, it's it's a fun comic, and uh, with all of the um, the invaders being secret and the crises being final, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of like fun that I've been having. That was that was slick how you did that. <laughs> slick. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah that, that's kind of the reason why I'm not reading too many Marvels because everything's connected. In my, from my, the way I perceive their universe right now, it's all secret invasion. Even if I wanted to start, 
Jeez, where do you start, David? Ghostwriter. Oh, that's, I, you just want me, that's you trying to get me to read that. I'm not trying to get you to read it. I'm enjoying the hell out of Ghostwriter. Since Aaron came on, since Jason Aaron has written the book, forget about any of the problems anybody might have had with the Daniel Way stories. It's It's been crazy and out there. And if you're a... Um, if you're a Danny Ketch fan from the '90s, don't know why, but you can you can get your fill here. Uh, looks like the storyline that's going on will spin off into a Ghost Rider Danny Ketch miniseries that I think starts in October. But it uh, it looks like Aaron is is weaving the histories from from Blaze and Ketch together and and having a blast doing it. I couldn't believe the latest issue had the orb. And the orb freaks me out because one of the first times I came across the orb was in one of the oversized Marvel Treasury editions of uh, Marvel Team Up. So you had Spider-Man with Ghost Rider, X-Men, just reprints of a bunch of different team-ups that Spidey has had. And they showed the orb's origin. And I remember this one panel where his helmet came off and he skids across the asphalt. And that's why he looks the way he does. And that panel just... Stuck with me, so the orb just kind of. I, I have a fondness for the character, and he's in this issue, but. Does he look the way he he always has? He never takes the eye off. Really? Yeah. Or well, not that we see. He. Uh, it's 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 pretty funny in, in what happens to him in this, and the caretaker is in it, and Blackout, who uh, Danny Ketch fans might remember. Um, yeah. So it's it's just it's. Jason Aaron is just doing some cool stuff with Ghost Rider. Uh, it, things that aren't tied into Secret Invasion. Um, oh, wait, 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 one second, one second. You sure. know, the, the Orb is one of those characters that once you see him, he never leaves you. Yeah. Cause He's I just so goofy. Yeah, I can remember sitting in the, I think I, I may have been in a, like the barbershop when I first encountered the Orb, and I was like, oh, man, this guy's cool, you know? <laughs> and then years later, I'm a big Residence fan, and the first time I saw the residents in their getup, I thought, holy crap, it's the orb. You know, but it's not. It's the residents. But, you know, it just sticks with you. The, uh, the powerful the, image, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. It's, um, if, if you don't want to get bogged down with, uh, with anything secret invasion related, so you want to kind of stay away from maybe. What's going on in the Marvel Universe? Amazing Spider-Man, the thrice-weekly series, does not tie in to Secret Invasion because they want to get their footing with, with that title mm. before they, they start doing any major crossovers. Uh, and the X-Men. The X-Men corner of Marvel is... it. All the titles kind of touch on each other. What happens in... Uh, an X-Men legacy, you might find it, it might, uh, that same scene might happen from a different angle in, in uncanny or what happens in uncanny might uh, tie into something that happened in cable. So they're all, it's a nice little Easter egg. If you're reading these titles, then, then you can kind of see how the X family stays I, I connected. Just, I, I just want you to go on the record as suggesting the X-Men, to anyone right now to someone who's, who wants to start no i'm just i'm just talking about if you want to stay away from secret invasion yeah now, now is is cable's jesus christ dave don't send him to the x-men 
Why not? Well, because it, it's it's kind of like the calm in the in the Marvel Universe storm, kinda. I mean, it's Mike Mike Carey is writing some great X Men stories. Um, is Cable still a member? Cable is in the future, so Cable isn't necessarily a member of any team, even though Scott w- is is waiting for him to return. I've always had a a man crush on Cable for some reason. Maybe it's the arm. I don't know. That character just resonates with me. I, I love Cable. Why? I like that I title. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We got we got we to gotta get he and uh, and Bucky Barnes together. Compare. Do an arm wrestling contest. <laughs> there you go. Cable would just do some telekinetic stuff on his ass and send him flying. Well, there you go. Um, Chris mentioned Bucky. Captain America would probably be pretty good for someone who uh, doesn't want to be bothered with with everything else going on out there. How about Daredevil? I was just going to say that one too. Yeah. It's you know, I mean, Brew Baker. Brew Baker's not really bothered with 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 the events. He's 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 doing his own thing and. He's writing some fantastic stories, so you really it's can't getting, go wrong with Brubaker. It's yeah. it's just getting tied in now, but I think it actually makes sense and doesn't really have a whole lot to do with Secret Invasion. But Guardians of the Galaxy is just fun, fun, oh, fun, yeah. fun, fun. Yeah. Thank you. Now, is that I saw the cover solicit in the new previews. Is that Bug from the Micronauts oh. with those guys? Oh, no, it couldn't be. I don't think they own any of the rights to Microsoft. Yes, no, no, Bug Bug is a uh, Bug is a Marvel character. Yeah, yeah. Bug oh, is like oh. the only uh exception to that. And Marionette was a Marvel character, no. wasn't she? Are they, are they are they speaking of like licensing and that kind of stuff? You know who'd be awesome in Guardians of the Galaxy? Rom. Rom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Shit, Rom would be awesome in anything. Well, the yeah. Space Knights were in what the Space Knights were in uh the Conquest Prologue. Yeah, but they were Sans yeah. Sans yes. Rom. Yeah. Well, there was also a Space Knights miniseries back when, and and there was no Rom in it. it. You know, Space Knights are cool, but it's like having the Transformers without Optimus Prime. Come on. <laughs> Brandy always freaked me out. That that I, that, oh, that, that diamond Brandy. that diamond head with the little nose and the mouth and oh no, she, she bugged me. But uh, no, I'm. I've 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 talked long enough. We had Chris even chime in with Guardians and 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 everything. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going to segue into Mr. Marshall in just a second, but going back to Cable, I, I think I'm done with bags and boards because I'm, I'm real oh, this finicky. Is a, this is the perfect segue to Chris Marshall. No, it is because I'm collecting, see, get it, collecting my books um, into bound editions. I've investigated the library binding. Uh, good man. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I spend a ton of money a year on Mylar bags and acid-free boards for my precious collectibles because... Like you guys, these books are precious to me. But I just came to the realization the other day that once the books go into the box, bagged and board, it's like they don't even exist anymore. They might as well not even be books because they've lost their the special thing that makes them books. They're not read. That's what a book is supposed to. You're supposed to read a book. You put it in a in a box, and it's like I don't even own it anymore. So what? I got the bright idea. No more bags and boards. I'm gonna freaking bind everything of mine. How, how neat would it be to just walk over to the bookshelf? It would be a hell of a lot of bookshelves, but still, walk over to the bookshelf, pull out the first volume of, say, Cable, and just peruse, you know, read, and then say, oh, you know what? I'd like to read some Alan Davis Excalibur. That's what brought this all on. Was I, I was going through some boxes of stuff, and I stumbled across my Excalibur run, 
And I thought, man, these were really good. And, and I opened the first issue up, and I'm looking through it. They're not really good. They're godlike. Mm-hmm. Alan Davis did an incredible job on Excalibur. And all that's lost to me because, I mean, I, I do recall them being good, but it's not fresh in my mind just how amazing his art is on uh, was on those books because I, I haven't looked at them recently. So why not bind everything? And then Chris jumped on our forum and drop some words of wisdom about library binding. Chris, have you ever had anything bound? Yeah, I had my uh the original 15 issue run of the Marvel Handbook. Ah. And those nice. are those are perfect to get bound. I mean, all those reference books, the who's who, you know, it's that's the perfect thing to do for those things. Mm-hmm. Hey Chris, Chris, what's the um what's a good number break? Cuz I've got a lot of series that run about 50 issues that I'd like to get bound into two volumes. Is 25 issues, is that cool to have bound? Well, you want to keep it less than that? They say, the company says two inches, and that is about 25 issues, but that's the max you want to go. Like, my, my 15-issue run of, of the handbook, that's a perfect size. That's a great size for that. You know, it's not okay. too big, it's not too little. Okay. But they can, I mean, the company can bind anything. I mean, they can, if you've got like an old Rolling Stone you want bound, you can get that bound. I mean, the company is amazing. They can do anything. You know what I was thinking of? I have a complete run of the Monster Times. You remember that magazine from the the 70s? It was a, originally it was a monthly, but then it went to bi-weekly. It was a newspaper. Mm-hmm. That that was sold on the on on newsstands. The cover was like a maybe a heavier white whitish stock, but the inside was just plain old newspaper. And it it folded it, say eight and a half by eleven folded out to where it looked like an actual newspaper. How cool would it be to bind those the the same size? It would be like one of the bigger issues of Acme Com- um, Comics Library. <laughs> you know the oversized one. That'd be so neat to have a hardcover like that where you can just you know because. Folding and unfolding those old Monster Times issues, they're newspaper and they get brittle, mm-hmm. you know? So you just have them in a nice book, that'd be cool. I can't wait to do that. But that's that's somewhere down the line, you know? But uh, So that's, that's my your, segue. Add your, your Jethro Tull Thick as a Brick in there with that, Vince. I love Thick as a Brick. That's one of the best albums ever. Do <laughs> you think anyone will get that? That was the, the, that was the, the record that folded out as a full uh-huh. newspaper? Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Stand, stand up, sir. Um, but uh, so yeah, that was my segue into Chris because he's the he's the collected man. He's the the, uh, the guru of collected editions. Well, the biggest misconception with that is that I do get monthly issues, though. Right. You know. So I mean, it's not solely everything trade. It's just that's my that's what my podcast is focused on, and you know that, Vince. Oh yeah, but no, I'm I'm getting you know uh, some DC comics and I'm picking up some Marvel and you know of course I'm getting my Punisher and Star Wars and Captain America and Daredevil and everything and some here and there issues. What uh, what do you think of the? It's hard to tell with one issue, but with Enos not on uh, Punisher now, how did the? Did you read issue sixty one yet? No, I haven't gotten my order from okay. CBS yet, so I'll get okay. it next week. Yeah. Okay, I'll wait to hear from you then. Yeah, but but no, I'll be, I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the uh, the last run of of the uh, of the whole uh, what is it, Valley Forge? Valley run. Forge, Valley so Forge. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So especially like you, like you've been saying, uh, David, you know, if you've been following the series from the beginning, it makes a lot more sense. 
Yes, and the prose pieces are incredible too. It's that's a nice little addition. Yeah, I don't I don't rush through them. I I just I, yeah. I'm absorbed in them as well, and it's uh, and the art. I I think I think Parlov was a really good Punisher artist. Yeah, and uh, and to give him the last two arcs, whereas normally you only have, you know, you might have an artist that did a previous arc come back, but I don't think he's had a an artist do consecutive storylines but his yeah. uh his 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 art style really worked with this and the whole thing with the general and no it was it was uh i i really it was it was a nice send-off i gotta say you know from when when it went to the max series because Zenis did it on the marvel knight series right so he's got his whole tone I mean, the only thing the only difference is he added a bunch of f-bombs really i mean but aside from that and a little more blood that he could show but aside from that it's the same storyline but even though it's different universes but i have to say uh the max line has been good but ever since he brought on barracuda like in the mid 30s or 40s or whatever it was mm-hmm. it's it's been non-stop roller coaster ride fun i've been loving it and that barracuda oh, yeah. series was was fun as hell yeah i picked that up in chicago when i was <laughs> walking around with vince i mean it was just you know i'm like hey you know two bucks from that one guy vince it's like why not <laughs> you know but that was a fun little series. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah. The, now, you, no, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you. I was. I was only going to say the only. Chris is right as far as uh, how more, I, I guess, adult the language is between the Marvel Knights and and the Max line. And yeah, it is different universes. But I think the main difference with the Max title is that. As strange as it may sound, I think it's a little bit more, air quotes, real. Because the Marvel Knights run, you had appearances by Daredevil and Spider-Man. You had the, the, the Russian who, you know, they had they lopped his head off and then they put the head on the body of, of, of a very large woman. You had, uh, you had that, even though Ennis didn't write that arc, but you had the... Uh, the medallion or whoever the hell that dude was that ran the, the, the taxi cabs. You had the Wolverine appearance where you got run over by a, a bulldozer. So you did have some, some crazy zany Marvel Knights story. So I was, I was, I was glad the max title came out because even though it was a little bit more adult or mature or explicit, it was, it kind of cleansed the palate from what you had from the past 30 some odd months. Well, and it's, it's, it's good that you brought that up because, as you know, and you guys have talked about, that Ennis is going to go back in December and do that six-issue Marvel Knights Punisher series. Yes. And I'm wondering, from all you guys, can Ennis go home again and write the Punisher like he did prior to the Max series? Sure. I think so. You think so? Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just <laughs> it's better than that Wait. Phantom Eagles stuff he put out recently. Oh yeah. Oh that's yeah, that was awful. The what stuff? The The, the Phantom the, Eagle, the, the first flight uh, of the Yeah. <laughs> also known as a five issue butt fuck. Ooh. There's oh I, I was wondering when Mr. Tag. Mr. Potty Mouth would show up. There's the explicit tag. <laughs> that's right. It was uh, no enemy ace, put it that way. You you mean uh Shaken's art wasn't great on that? Shaken's art was decent, but the story didn't go anywhere. It was no, just it so boring. There was no need for five issues of that. Yeah, it was one of those things where after four issues, I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. But <laughs> Hell, I got to get the last one now. Who knows? <laughs> Somebody might blow up or something. 
something might happen. And they were four bucks a pop, weren't they? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, because it's a Max title, yeah. You know, speaking of the uh, adult content in the Max books, when when David and I interviewed uh, Paul Cornell, I was amazed at all the opportunities he had to dirty up the Wisdom series, but he never did it. Uh, Wisdom, I don't even think, was necessitated being a Max title. Well, weren't, really the, wasn't. Weren't, weren't, weren't the fairies nude or topless? No. No, and e- even the uh, remember when he had the uh, the giants and one of them one of them was a woman in in that one issue uh, she was nude but they did not show any any explicit nudity and they could have with it being a Max book it was very tastefully done Paul nice. Cornell yeah. well I think I think you're right I think the Ennis Punisher is like the literally the max that it can go everything else I mean even the Luke Cage stuff was what that. Uh, Little yeah, that run. was mostly no, that was, language. Yeah, that was strong, but it was all language. It was nothing yeah. like the blood and gore that we see in, in Punisher. What yeah. about the um, oh uh, the War Machine, the the Chuck Austin War Machine that also kind of kicked off the Max line? Ugh. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read it. I know. I think it was mostly pencils. I don't even think. I mean, it was like gray tone or black and white art. It was. It was computer generated. It was, was Poser. It? Yeah, he uh, used Poser uh, for that. Which you know, I mean, if you use it as a tool, that's fine. But when when <laughs> reminds me of Shatter from Eclipse. Uh, it wasn't too far removed from that. <laughs> oh, damn. When, you know, when I I'm an illustrator, so when I can tell how somebody does something, that just that's a real big turnoff to me. Okay. And it it was very stiff. But I I remember there being some nudity in 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 uh, War Machine, two series of War Machine. Remember, one was a weekly. Black and white. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, I think it was like 15 issues or something, or maybe 20 issues. And then for the next series, it was like five. <laughs> the, oops. <laughs> when, I, when I think Max comics, I think Alias. That's the first one that comes to mind for me. I think of Jessica getting up the poop shoot from Luke. That's what I <laughs> so think. There you go. So there's, yeah, that, that, there's I think, as is, is, is Max as Max gets. Yeah, but that would be the Eternal. Did you guys read that one? Which one? The Eternal. No, that's that one. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Kev Walker drew that. Yes. Yeah, it was a five-issue miniseries, and I think the whole thing revolved around. Um, God, it's been a long time since I read it, but it was like superpowered beings basically having sex with people. I mean, it was all sexual and violence, you know, and violent sex and sexy violence. Mm. I mean, it was weird. Yeah, I'm not into the violent oh. sex. <laughs> but I could take the sex. That's cool. But not not, not, not mixed with violence. I, I don't get that. There seems to be a market for that, but I'm not in there. Didn't you recommend a rape fantasy book in like an early episode of 11 O'Clock Comics? A rape fantasy? No, you know that oh. was the art book of covers that you talked about, Vince. I think the oh. Oh, Vance oh. and stuff like yeah, the men's yeah, yeah men's I, adventure I, magazine. Those are all the bondage things you were talking. Yeah. I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, the, I mean the the art in those things is awesome, but yeah, you're not going to leave this out on the coffee table for <laughs> anybody to come up <laughs> when and you're like, babysitting. What? Why? Why are these Nazis going to drop these women in you know hot molten lava after they rape them? 
but it, no, but it's a pretty picture. It's, it's very tastefully done, though. Yes, yeah. they are. They, <laughs> yeah. I'll, well, just go back and listen to that episode. Anybody wants to hear my opinion on that? But come on, that's great stuff. Oh, it's awesome. But yeah, it's so it's so wrong. Well, th- th- let's be honest. They are pretty graphic in some spots, but they're nowhere near as graphic. Is do anybody remember Eerie Publications, Witches Tales, all those ones that you could get when the all the Warren magazines were sold out, you'd say, "Okay, I'll get this." They had the <laughs> most graphic covers. Like just people headless people with blood spurting out of their 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 necks and just body parts all over the place and half naked women that those are creepy ass you know explicit covers check out eerie publications do a search on the web you'll find those but uh yeah great stuff all around i just love art what am i gonna say that's why we're here where where are we going with that oh and just so everybody's on the same page with that library binding uh, we were talking about the company's called lbc is that correct correct and uh, I'm sure if you do a search for library binding comics, it's pretty much the first one that comes up. They, from what I can tell, I've done a little bit of research. They're the cheapest, and they have the best track record, from what I can tell on the forums. Everybody just seems to love them. And it's like no frills. If you just want a bound copy of of your books, fifteen bucks. You can't beat that. Yeah, librarybinding.com, and the guy who runs it is just—he's—he'll answer all your questions. He's very accessible. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, Jim, yeah. Jim is his name. So maybe in about four years, five years, I'll take a picture of my shelves with all my bound books on them. <laughs> and it'll be really cool, but I can't see it happening any faster than that. Because is there a four-week turnaround time, I think? Three or four weeks? That's about right, yeah. Yeah, if I had a, if, to bind all the stuff I have, I'm just looking around in my room now. It's just like so much crap. But I'm determined. Hi, this is Adam Fish from the... 11 o'clock forums, um, I just want to, uh, say hi to everybody, um, I just want to discuss briefly today on, um, Fan Expo, it was really great, it was in Toronto, Canada, um, happened between August 22nd to the 24th, basically weekend, and, um, I gotta say, it's probably the best convention I've gone of the times that I've gone there, which is just, I've gone there for two years so far, um, I think one of the biggest highlights was probably meeting Matt Fraction, but I gotta say, it's nothing compared to, uh, getting a portfolio review with a certain artist, which I shall not name, uh, overall, it's just, it's like it had the crowdiness of New York Comic Con, like, it's really packed, but then, in a way, like, the way they organize it, it's very roomy, so, it wasn't such a stretch as far as, uh, you know, going in and has, as far as, uh, walking to booths, it was pretty accessible, and I really enjoyed it for what it was. I got a lot of trades out of it, which I'm sure I'm probably, uh, gonna list later on, on another post. But of the books I've bought, I think I'm enjoying a lot out of Elephant Men and the Eternals in particular. Anyway, um, yeah, I just want to say a little uh, hi, a little shout out from up north, and uh, that's it. Alright, kudos to you uh, four, and uh, keep up the great work. Alright, catch you later. (laughs) 
Last episode, I promised that I would talk about the Wicket and Imp Motor City Comic Con special by John Kulsar. That's going to have to wait till next episode because I am not done with the thing. It's, it's taken me forever to read this book, but it's a good kind of forever because these comics are so dense. There's so much per page. It's like super concentrated comics, you know? And I want, I want to do the guy justice because I'm really enjoying this. And so I'll talk about that next episode. Vince, real quick, I did a Google search for that. I could not find any information about it. I have a website for you. Okay. You can go to wicketandimp.com. That's wicket, W-I-C-K-E-T-A-N-D-I-M-P.com. Now, if you are expecting traditional art that you would encounter in a Marvel DC book, you're not going to get it with this. This is very raw, very immediate it's like oh i mentioned the book last time uh, a couple episodes ago the rory hayes book where demented wented the uh, underground artist it's very much in that vein it's there, there's no disconnect between the guy's brain and his his drawing hand this is all sh- just straight right from the id it's beautiful stuff it, but it's not traditional uh comic art that you would expect it's just amazing it's very much in the vein of the undergrounds so if you go in with that mindset you will love it it's i think it's awesome i really do and the book is hand bound hmm. how about that? it's like a 200 page book hand bound there's a there's a you know the the black stripe on the spine you could t- and it's just it's it overlays the the corner a little bit so you can tell it's been hand bound it's mm-hmm. great stuff great stuff but i'll get into that in detail next week i hope okay i just don't want to shortchange the guy and his name again for those who are paying attention is john kulsar k-u-l-c-z-a-r motor city comic con special check it out i'll put some stuff on the on the thread when i put this episode up just to you know wet somebody's whistle so so what else derek you haven't talked that much come on what else you liking uh the perhapanots i'm loving Mm. series um From, from image yes yeah i'm really getting into image um, it's really weird because I think both me and you kind of uh, got away from the big two and started gravitating towards Image right around the same time. Yep, because we th- uh, we think very much alike. That's why. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what I say? Uh, Proof of the sword is excellent. Um, really, that's one of the ones I did not try. <sighs> What's that about? It's about, um, what, 32 pages long? Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I put him on the spot. He's, he's not going to jump through the hoops. Uh, because the, the Luna Brothers, they did Girls, right? Mm-hmm. I believe they yeah. have passed. And that's one I passed on as well. Uh, I like the art style, but it's just I, I just didn't, for whatever reasons, I don't know. I can't buy everything. I, I didn't pick that up, and I hear rave reviews over the Girls. Um, yeah, Girls was really good. Um, that one started off, you think it's going one way, and it went totally, like, really creepy science fiction-y another way. This one, this is another one. It's, it's uh, I don't know, the, the best way that I could put it is that it kind of reminds me a lot of Mage, um, the first Meaning. Yeah. Um, 
Which, by the way, if you want to hear a podcast about Mage, I'm pretty sure there's one out there. Oh, I, I've never heard a podcast on Mage. I'd like to if there was only a good one I could listen to. There you go. See, that's what you got to wait for, the good one. <laughs> David did a podcast on Matt Wagner's Mage for anyone who would like to listen. David, why don't you tell them where they can get it? <laughs> David did a primer. David hasn't so? talked about any issues yet, but that can be found at the reader feed. There you go. The reader feed. I, I haven't listened to it yet, but David talking about Matt Wagner is almost as bad as me talking about Rucka. Almost. 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 We're, not, we're not at that level yet, but almost. David doesn't need the plastic sheeting on the floor. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, Vince, um, one thing that in, in that second email, uh, a question that, that I wanted to chime in on, um, he asked if Trinity was a good place for someone unfamiliar with DC to, to dive into, and absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. Trinity is, a, is a, really, a really nice way to kind of test drive the DCU. In my I think so, too. You, you get a lot of you get a lot of different characters. You get to see a lot of what's what's going on and in their interactions with each other. I think it's a really a really good place to just kind of like I said, test drive the DCU. Yeah, and plus it's got fantastic art, mm-hmm. which is the thing that separates it the most from Countdown for me. Countdown was kind of. Sometimes it would be visually appealing, other times not. I have yet to see you know an what? issue of, do, of do Trinity. Me a, do like, me a favor. I know that they're. I know that they're both weekly series, and this is the one that followed Countdown. But really need to stop comparing those two. They oh yeah, nothing, they got nothing to do with each other. No, no. And, 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 and I'm not mad at you. It's just I keep oh, I hearing people compare them, and those two series are not tied together at all. So, but when when you kick a dog. The dog remembers the kick, you know what I mean? So sure. I, this Countdown stung, and I'm not saying S stunk. It stung. I, I in, invested in the entire series, and oh, boy, no payoff at all. Every issue of Trinity pays off in some way for me. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. And did you happen to see the covers solicited for the the next batch in the previews? No. They, I guess they're they're not going to stick exclusively with the Trinity on the covers because on these it's um, Green Arrow, Black Adam, mm. uh, among other things. Yeah, so it they're not there's no rules for Trinity. I don't think. Do you think they're going to come out with like a series of posters because all like each every three issues creates one image, and I figure I that so. yeah, I, I can imagine them coming out with a a series of posters for that. Uh, Kubert draws a smoking Wonder Woman mm-hmm. from from those covers. Just amazing. Oh yeah. But but um, I got caught up on Trinity a couple nights ago. I, I let I let it pile up, and I, I think I wrote I read five or six issues in one clip. I really like where it's going, and uh, I think the uh, the introduction of the CSA was a brilliant move because if you can give Bagley, another hot woman to draw. I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. But the, and just not talking about the way it looks. Story-wise, Trinity's really deep, and it's just getting deeper. There, there's a lot of things in Trinity that ba- um, Busick probably planned for a long time. Because I, I cannot see the average writer coming into a series with maybe like two or three weeks and planning something this intricate. I think music has been this has been perking for a long time. It's, Don't you think? It's fun, man. It's a good series. 
Yeah, yeah it really it's is. really good. Yeah. And and the backups are just as good as the main stories. Sometimes even more so, I think. You got Durenick and Mr. Norton and McDaniel and just the mysteries and I love it. I think Trinity's great. <laughs> Chris, are you reading Trinity? I am. Yeah, I like Trinity a lot. It's it's yeah. it's it's a nice break from the regular DCU, but you still get everything, you know? It's like a, a potpourri of DCU. Yeah. Very conceptual too. I mean there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of deep concept and uh Busick I, I'm big into the tarot. Busick has done his research. Mm-hmm. Just leave just leave it at that. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. But you're big you is the actual cards or the comic book tarot? No, the cards. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Jim Ballant or Ballant, but and, and you know it's it's weird that you mentioned that because I'm going through the previews previews today, and Here I we like go. to look. No, listen, I like to look at every page because I don't I don't like to miss anything that you know cool stuff. And you know how Jim Ballant puts the full page tarot ads in here, like. <laughs> There's an I don't know who the character is. It's not Taro. It's it's someone else, and she's got a bikini on, and there's crucifixes on the the top of the bikini, and in the center of the crucifix, they're cut out, and her nipples are popping through, and the the picture is in the previews magazine, like with nipples and everything. They didn't they didn't you know wow. um, put a bar over it or anything, and it's I was like stunned. I said, holy crap, there's nipples in preview. And, you know, it's not like a little tiny image where it comes with a, a text solicit. It's the whole damn page of nipples. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a paid ad, I guess they figure. Well, I don't know. You know, this is supposed but to still, be a, yeah, no, an all-ages right. catalog. Yeah, the catalog. Well, yeah, the catalog is the order form. They have an adult order form, but yeah, they, right. But that's that's intentionally yeah. separated, yeah. so as to minimize that kind of stuff. But I can't find it. I want to find it just so I can pretend to know what I'm talking about here. Why start I now? Can't. Yeah, really, I can't find it. What's the name of his publishing company anyway? Isn't it uh, Broadsword or it, it's it's early on? It's in the bees, I think. Well, never mind. Just look for the the tarot ad, and you'll see nipples. Nice. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Look for the tarot for nipples. Yeah. I love previews weeks. It's like the the Sears catalog. You know when you used to get the wish book when you were a kid, and you just pour over all the stuff that's coming out for Christmas? That's what this previews catalog is for me. Never never look at it. Yeah, I know. I get it for free, (laughs) so... What, what can you do, yeah. you know? So, what, what else do we have to talk about? Come on. we got to talk about comics here. I read a bunch of shit this week. I should, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I'm reading, Vince. Can you tell you what I just finished up reading? What did you just finish reading? I just finished up reading The Essential Luke Cage, Volume 2. I'm reading, I'm reading Luke Cage 1 and 2 back to back, and now I'm on The Essential Iron Fist. And then uh, when I'm done nice with that, I'm going gonna pick up, I'm gonna pick up Power Man and Iron Fist and read that. There thing. you go. So, wow. Yeah, but um, it's kind of neat reading uh, the current Iron Fist then going back and reading the old Iron Fist. <laughs> now, now you know, have you... Quite a different character, but it's pretty cool. Have you read those before? No, I have not. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Well, no, you know but what? It's, it's classic 70s, you know. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Man. It's, it's pretty good. It's... The one thing about uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist is that it truly reads like a soap opera. 
I mean, there's continuity throughout the entire book, which is really cool. Yeah. Have you got? Have um, you, are you familiar with that run too, or not really? Oh yeah, David I've read probably it. Probably is. Yeah. I, I haven't read it in a while. I, I the uh, those books, the ones you just mentioned, have been on uh, on my wish list or on my radar for a long time. I, I, I hope I hope I don't get stuck with the new trade dress when I finally get around to getting them. Mm. But uh, but yeah, you care I've read about it. that. I don't. Well, no, I don't. I don't care if it's if if they're all uniform because if if all I see is the spine, but I'm just not a fan of the way the new essential line looks. I'm just talking about the way it looks. I don't care if I have one from the first printing or one from the third. Right. As long as the I'm stories not, I'm are not there. On you. No, I know, I know, and there are people, and yeah, and and that makes sense because I mean, if you have people that are that are you know that have OCD or that are anal about things that. You know they want everything to look right. Then yeah, if you have, if you have five trades and you have five spines showing and two are different than, or even one is different than the other four, that I I, I can see that kind of maybe getting on someone's nerves. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, I I read stuff like that on the forums all the time, and I just that that wouldn't even register with me. I just don't know why. I just whatever you you care you about the, the content. Yeah, you care. You got the comics. What more do you want? Whatever. There are some people who that does bother, and more power to them. They're paying for the book, right? Yes. If you're, if you're, if you're paying for it, you can say whatever you want about it. You can it. bet you about it. There is there is a series that I started this weekend, and I have to wait for the third issue, which doesn't come out until October. And I rank this up there with McLeod's understanding comics and and that whole series because it's called comic book comics and it's by fred valenti and ryan dunleavy the same group that uh, the same crew that brings us action philosophers and this is the history of the comic book medium going back Mm -hmm. to the yellow kid and and even before that but i you know talking about um Windsor McKay and how he, with, with the rotoscope and and making animated shorts and how how Disney came around and 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 the Fleischer brothers and and you have an appearance by Eisner and then the early days of Siegel and Schuster and so everything that I read in Men of Tomorrow I see in this in in this comic, but it even goes further. Behind the scenes of what uh, of, of of what Gerard was doing in the uh, in the novel, and it's just it's a re- there's been two issues so far. Uh, EvilTwinComics.com is the website you can order the book from. There's even previews of the uh, of the issues, and it's um, like I said, you know, anything that has you know the, the second issue, and you have you have they do a great character of uh, of Kirby and uh, and they even have a couple of pages where uh, they talk about him growing up on the mean streets in New York City and how he would take the subway to go to different neighborhoods to get a feel for how different gangs fought and which they say you know ended up benefiting him later in life for when it came time to lay out pages or fight scenes or things like that and how how the how he he had uh, he didn't want to cut into his page rate. They they wanted to put out like a sixty four page comic, 
and the publisher wanted to div- or Simon Simon wanted to divvy up the art chores and and Kirby didn't want to lose any money so he did the majority of the book they did need a few artists to help pitch in towards the end of the issue but he uh it, it's where he picked up his speed and and uh and just learned taught himself to do what he could to get by because he grew up in lean times and it's it's really cool it's, it's probably one of the best things i've i've read this year i agree i yeah I you know I I own both issues but I have not been able to get through the first one. Why not? N- it's it's too thick. It's dense. dense. It is. It is. There's a I, lot on every page. Yeah, and I'll I'll start reading it and usually uh, around the time that I get an opportunity to read comic books, I'm sort of tired to begin with. So I'm sitting there reading it and I just I always nod off. It yeah. doesn't mean the book the book isn't good. It's there's so much information in those in in every issue that I just I can't get through. maybe I'm gonna just make a point like on a Saturday afternoon and read the damn thing. You should. I'm, I'm awake and I will say something about it. There's another comic on the market that is doing something similar to comic book comics, but only for the world of illustration, and that's Glamourpus. And let me just put it this way: I will continue to get comic book comics. I can't say the same about Glamourpus. <laughs> I I I I own the first two. I I think I'm pre-ordered on the third. Once that third one I comes, I'm not getting it anymore. It's just I, I don't know what it is about the book, whether it's the procedure he goes through to make it, which we've all heard very much about, or just the the tone of it, or I I don't care. I, I do, love do you feel, do you feel do you feel like two issues of Glamour Puss is enough for that whatever he's doing that yeah, if you yeah. go back to it you've got those two issues you don't really need anymore pretty much and I, I'm I'm very enamored of the subjects that he covers all the illustrators that he talks about and the styles and and uh, the fashion illustration I love all that but the way he's presenting it I, I I'm not digging it I just I don't care, you know. Vince, you should probably mention who it's done by too. So the, you know, Mr. Dave Sim, Mr. Dave Sim, right, of Cerebus fame, uh, who almost lost me at the end of Cerebus too, with Final Days. Uh, I I bought Cerebus. I must have a geez, at least a 275 issue run of Cerebus, and Mm -hmm. so I wasn't quitting at the end. But there were times where I came real close to doing it. The the last maybe twelve thirteen issues are ponderous. I could almost couldn't get through them, and I went back and reread them, and they did make sense more sense the second time. But oh, it's a chore. And and when you think you know you trail somebody along for three hundred issues, you better go out with a bang. Cerebus <laughs> uh, kind of went out with a whimper. Oh, I did not know for, that. Yeah, for me anyway. I mean, there are people who who swear by his work. And he is one of the finest comics craftsmen ever. I will give him that. He's amazingly talented at what he does. His lettering style alone would, would garner him a place in the comic book hall of fame. But this glamour puss, I don't know. I just, I, I want to like it for what the intent behind the book is, but I just can't. I just, I, I'm not seeing anything to love about it. No, don't buy it. That's right. That's what I'm doing. I'm voting with my wallet. There you go. By proof. Yeah. That's right. By proof and by witchblade. I'm going to say Ghost it. By Ghostwriter. 
that uh, see we do a lot of neuro linguistic programming on this show. They don't people don't know what we're doing, but we say by which blade, and that's going to stick in your head. You know, so you'll go do it. Hey, I, I don't know if I told you guys. Um, you remember uh, uh, TFA, the uh, Things from Another World? They had their uh, their eighty percent off. Did I end up telling you what I what I got out of that sale? No, you didn't. Man, I ordered. I saw they had the uh, the Give Me Liberty, the uh, the Martha Washington uh, hardcover, mm-hmm. and I saw the retail price on that was like one hundred and fourteen dollars. And it's just yeah. the uh, what? It's uh, four four issues that they collected in in hardcover. They had it on sale. They're eighty percent off for like twenty two bucks. And so I ordered it, got it in, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, twenty. This is what I would normally spend on a on a on a hardcover about this size. It's about you know twenty five thirty dollars. Uh, why was it one hundred and fourteen dollars normally? Open it up, signed and numbered edition by Frank Miller and Gibbons. <laughs> nice, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. So that's why it was so expensive. Yeah, I went back to the well again with. Uh, things from another world. I made a second order. Cool. Nice. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, it got a little screwed up because uh, earlier in the week I got a package in the mail that had the the uh, TFAW label on it, and it was really thin, and I ordered about nine trades, so my package would not be thin. I open it up, and it's the TFAW edition of Angel, and <laughs> there's no way in hell I read that. So, uh, you know, I emailed, them. <laughs> I, I emailed them and they were really quick to uh, respond to me and they got it all sorted out and I got my books today. So, cool. So, have you guys, have you guys read Give Me Liberty? I'm, I'm an issue in right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've read Do you it. like it? Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I am enjoying it. It's, uh, feels a, a little, a little, it's kind of, it's kind of along the lines of, uh, Miller's Ronin work. It, it kind of has that, that dated feel to it, uh, of kind of like how people thought the, the near future was going to work out. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it was, it's written from like 15 years ago looking at today or like two years from now. But yeah, I, I, I dig it. It's, uh, it's pretty cool stuff. You know, depending on which week you ask me, I would think uh, Ronan is the better book over Dark Knight. I love Ronan. Well, Chris Marshall will let you know what's coming out very soon. <laughs> oh, the yeah, Ronan that's... Absolute's coming out. And, and Chris, going back to Martha Washington, you know, they announced at San Diego the Martha Washington Omnibus for next year. Really? Yeah. So that's well, going to be what, cool, what, yeah. what more? What more came out beyond "Give Me Liberty"? Oh, uh, a couple of minis, right? Derek and then, would know, probably. Yeah. Didn't uh, wasn't last year uh, Martha Washington must die or something uh, like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. she did. Uh, there was another large miniseries. Well, there's an oxymoron: large miniseries. Uh, after "Give Me Liberty," did, wasn't it "Goes to War," Derek? Oh, Martha Washington goes to war. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never read any of her. Oh, I thought you did. Really? Well, we should rectify that. Send you an omnibus for being a part of our wonderful show. I think the reason that that you that uh, okay Um, on an early episode of um, Comic Book Noise, I did mention it simply because I was looking at the back of um, 
of my Watchmen trade, and it was talking about an upcoming project with um, Frank Miller and Dave Gibbons. And I asked the question, you know, what was that? And then someone mm. told me, in fact, it was Peter Rios who told me that it was uh, Martha Washington. And I was like, oh, yeah, never read it. Mm-hmm. It's like service. I've never read it. Or Strangers in Paradise or Ex Machina or a bunch of other good stuff out there. Well, it's really impossible to read everything. Yeah. In fact, there's this one book that I just recently read called uh, The Long Halloween. (laughs) Let me guess, you didn't like it. No, it's pretty good. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm actually kind of shocked because Derek and I, (laughs) it seems like like recently everything I like, you're not liking. So that's, and and Sal and I kind of, I don't know if we kind of argue about Long Halloween. It's one of my favorite uh, Batman stories. Well, you know, I think they named it perfectly because I think it's a little too long. <laughs> what does it go? Thirteen issues? Yeah, yeah. That's. I, I think it was a little stretched out, but it, it, you know, a wonderful book. The art. Tim Sale did a great job on the art in there. Mm-hmm. Sale. And and I see recent stuff by Sale, like this Captain America thing. And I just have to wonder, is that the same guy who, who did Long Halloween? H- have you seen his Captain America? I have the Zero Issue. I haven't, uh, I haven't looked beyond the cover yet. Even, uh, even the, g- uh, the, the cover solicits for the next yeah. couple of months. I'm not going to say it's bad because, like I said, there's no bad art. But it does not look like the same Tim Sale to me. You know, what? it's for some reason, I just, and I don't know what it is, I like Sale's art on DC characters for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's it just, and, and I, I enjoyed Daredevil Yellow and Spider-Man Blue and, and even the Hulk Gray, but I just, I like his work on on DC characters, especially the, the Bat characters. I think he's tailor-made for that, like, 1950s feel Gotham noir stories. It just, it just is a perfect fit for his art. Yeah. I'll tell you a series I didn't care for, and that was the uh, Loeb Sale Challenges of the Unknown team up that they did. I really didn't care for that whole series. I think that was one of their first collaborations. I was just going to say that, yeah. 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 I, yeah, I've read many uh, comments much like your own on that book. Yeah. yeah. I, I've never read it. I haven't either. Yeah, I run hot and cold on Loeb. Yeah. Oh, you, you and everybody else, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that, I, th- I think he's the epitome of, of, of hot and cold because there are some things that, it, it for me, whenever he is with Sale, I usually like him. Whenever he's not, it's yeah, kind of dicey. He did some good stuff with Cable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course bring, he bring did. It all, back <laughs> it all comes back around. But uh, the reaction to his recent Wolverine uh, <laughs> Moving on, ex- yeah. Extended <laughs> art was was not too great. Hey, didn't he do Onslaught Reborn? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, with the great Rob Liefeld. Right. Uh, uh, Onslaught uh-huh. was the uh, Age of Apocalypse. Uh, blah, 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 Age of Apocalypse was the thing that brought me back to the X books. That's good stuff there. A- after after a few years away, yeah, I thought that that whole reimagining of of the the Marvel U was great. 
the Generation Next miniseries is just ungodly with with Bacalo on it. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Oh, there you go. Now you're talking. That yeah. was awesome. That was um, uh, Bacalo did a uh, speaking of of Jeff Loeb. We did uh, we did like a book of the month way back when uh, the Witching Hour. Yeah. With Bacalo and Loeb, and it was one that. I, I thought that Bacala was really experimenting a lot, and I liked parts of the story, but it seemed like the art, it's one of the few times where the art, I felt, really overpowered the story, and it's a pretty book to look at. It's uh, almost unintelligible to, to read it at points. Well, that, that's a common criticism about Bacala's work. Uh, at the, at the local comic shop, there are people who will slit your throat if you mention Bacala's Captain America. Really? Wow. Will literally, will literally attack you. You know, and um, they they don't like his... Uh, there's one diehard X-Men fan who owns a, almost a complete run of X-Men who begrudgingly buys a book, an X-book that Bacala has drawn. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't understand why. I, I don't see it. Really, you know that's that's one of Scotty's um, idols. He loves Bacala. Yeah, because he's great. Yeah, you know, uh, I can understand how his stuff may get a little confusing at times. Ha- have you ever read Steampunk? Oh. That that series that that he did a well, while let me, back. Let me put this: you can't know Scotty Young and not have Steampunk kind of thrown in your face. He, yeah, yeah all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous stuff. Steve Punk, Steampunk is a revelation, but one of those things where I actually had to read the thing two or three times just to suss out what was going on. Mm. And uh, wasn't that uh, Joe Casey wrote that with him, I think? Or was it that was just straight Bacala? Yeah, I, I don't think it matters. I mean, they're art books. Very nice stuff. Hey, 11 o'clock. Carlos Cordova, one more time. I got to feel like Ian. I can't shut up about this damn thing. Um, just a quick... A quick thing, okay? So when you see a a really good movie or a movie come out, what's the first thing you hear on that trailer? What's the first thing you see at the movie? Based on the best-selling novel by Tom Clancy, by Stephen King, by so-and-so. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, based on the best-selling book series. Stuff like that, remember? 300, based on the best-selling graphic novel by Frank Miller. Watchmen, based on the, on the, on the best-selling graphic novel ever. Think of things like that when you think of when when you think about you know what I mean. It's just that they should market towards the movie. DC Comics and Marvel Comics are totally responsible for marketing their movies and their books. So if they want to get people to buy comic books and market at the movie theaters. Just like in my last phone call, I said the show commercials during during Saturday morning cartoons. They show them for the toys. Why not show them for the comic books? All they need is a thirty second ad at the beginning of a movie saying, "Oh, if you like this movie, be sure." to go find such and such graphic novels, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Said I can't think of how many times I've picked up a novel because I've liked the movie. Said Fight Club totally turned me on to Chuck Palahniuk, and I've sworn by his books ever since. I've picked up other books. I've picked up, like, Wise Guys, the book that Goodfellas was based on, you know? I've picked up so many novels because of a movie, and because at the beginning of that movie, it said, based on the best-selling novel. Or based, or you'll see in the credits at the beginning of the movie, based on the novels by such and such, or you know stuff like that. Guess me said you don't comic movies. You know Spider Man. It doesn't say at the beginning of the movie based on 
based on the best-selling comic or something like that or based on the comic book. But no, it just says the new Spider-Man movie. You know, the Spider-Man game. So Ultimate Spider-Man was probably the closest we came to because that one had a direct link to the comic book, you know? But if we're going to market these things, let's market them right. You know what I mean? I believe there is a marketing power behind the movies. The companies just don't take it. And I've found that I've liked the books more. I disagree, said, with the fact that with Chris saying that Batman is decipherable right now. So is X-Men. X-Men was decipherable at the time the movie came out. So there's no reason people should be forced to, just because we love buying books on a monthly basis, does not mean that people should be forced to get our monthly habits. You know what I mean? Graphic novels of the future, said, we've all seen it. I said, you know, well, actually, that's probably starting to pass already, too, but they're starting to flood the market with too much, and it's starting to pass. But it's not even about writing for the trade anymore. It's about having a collection, having a bookshelf. I love having my books on the shelf. You know what I mean? It's easier to pull a book off of my shelf than it is to go look through my comic boxes to try and find an issue that I remember that I wanted to read, you know? To the library binding, I'm told, I found a place in town that does that kind of thing, and I'm so I'm so already going through my first stack of books to go take to get bound. It's easier to give them a trade, you know? Good thing. So like Vince said, it is borders. So there's a borders right next door, so they put out the book. So when people are walking out of the movie, they see the book and say, oh, I just saw a movie. But it doesn't matter if the book has anything to do with the movie or the book's not like the movie. People will still read it. And then afterwards, people will say, oh, I like the book better than the movie. Or, oh, I like the movie better than the book. That's the way it is. So I don't know. I know I sound like a rant. I'm not a herd. I'm not upset. I'm not. I'm not ditching anything like that. I think I'm just. I'm just feeling kind of passionate about it. Like I said, I'm like a Ian. I can't shut up. So this is the last time. Sorry, guys. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy. Bye. But uh, can I gush a little bit about Final Crisis Superman Beyond 3D? Just a little bit. As long as you don't spoil bit. it, yeah. I, I will not spoil it for you. But like I said before. It's very meta. There, there are things going on in this book that not only work well within the story, but the issue itself works as an allegory on the whole concept of the comic book superhero. For those who have read it, pay very close attention during the part. There's a character in there called Dax Novu, and I won't say who he is or what he, what he does, but when, when you read that section, substitute Jor-El for Dax Novu and tell me that that does not work. Okay, that's number one. Number two, just to summarize the book for you, and it's not going to spoil anything, somebody comes to Superman with a problem, and Superman offers to help because this person that comes to him will give him something that will solve a big problem in his life. So he goes along with this person to help. And it's not just one Superman. It's uh, one, two, three. There's five Supermen in this book, and one of them is the quantum Superman from Earth 4, his name is Captain Alan Adam. <laughs> now, no, now notice that. His name is Captain Adam. He has a very striking resemblance to Dr. Manhattan. You see what Morrison's, what Morrison's doing here? Captain Alan Adam is patterned after Dr. Manhattan, who was patterned after who? The, Captain, oh, Adam. Captain Adam. Captain Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Morrison playing with your brain again. Yeah, and he puts the Alan in there for more. Yeah. Uh, it. It's awesome. <laughs> Vince, I'm sold. I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. Yeah. Is this, is this the return of Superman Red and Superman Blue? No, this is even better than that. Okay. How, how can it, that be? Yeah, exactly. If, if you wanted to know the origin of the monitors, the bleed, hell, the wait a second, wait, every, wait, didn't they already do the origin of the monitors in one of the weeklies? Mm, they may have, but... It, it didn't matter, this, okay. 
yeah, this is this is deep shit. And come on, there's there's um, the person that comes to Superman has a, a ship. There's a very strong resemblance to this ship and the Beatles' Yellow Submarine. <laughs> it, this 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 book is dripping with cool. It really is. <sighs> and and I'm telling you, it will answer a lot of questions. And the 3D will blow your mind. Do you, David, do you know who this book is illustrated by? I was waiting to hear the creative team. Doug Mankey. Bullshit. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Doug Mankey in 3D. Oh. Freaking 3D. There, there's a, a panel where... And, and Christian character, Element? Yes. Oh. There's, there's, a char- there's a panel where there's a character reaching out to you. Oh, my God. It'll, it'll blow your doors off. I, I read it four times tonight. Yeah. Because I couldn't, I couldn't believe what Morrison did. It's it, this this book should have been titled "Watch Morrison Make Sense of the Whole DC Universe." Okay, there. I'll pick that. Yes. Hey Vince, what's the? Uh, does, is there a price hike on the book for being 3D? Yeah, it's 450. Okay. Regular 32. Pa- oh no, it's a Final Crisis book, so 40 pages. Right. It's it's a big book. Okay. It's, it's bigger bigger than, and it's only one of two. So you're not in for a huge chunk of change. Put it this way: the Doug Mankey art is worth it. Just by itself. If you have no concern for the Final Crisis story, you have to see this art. It's incredible. And what if you're not a fan of Doug Mankey's artwork? Well, I don't. I can't imagine there would be such a creature. By um, therapy, uh, <laughs> I would. Um, Pray whoever your god is for enlightenment. Um, read Frankenstein. Read the oh, mask. Oh, 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 okay. All right, I'm get. I got him confused with somebody else. Never mind. Oh, why does that always oh, happen you... on this show? Who did Wood? Who did Wood mix? Justiniano and uh, some yeah. other guy. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, how uh, again? Just to put a little pitch to you, there's five Supermen in here, and there's also the original Captain Marvel. And when you look at the meta aspect of the book, the book needed to have a character named Marvel mm-hmm. in it. You got to read this book. Got to read it. That's oh. all, all I'm going to say. Necessary reading. If you buy one comic book this month, this is the book to buy. I'm telling you, DC is smoking this month. I am so between this and Legion of Three Worlds. Number one, I'm so energized for the future of the DC universe. Maybe their books aren't selling gangbusters, but holy crap. Are they doing good comics? Next. Next. What time is it? Oh, geez. Let me check. Oh, we're an hour and a half. Tiki's going to be pissed. Oh, we can, <laughs> come on. Let's go. We can go more. We oh, hardly heard from our guests. I'm sleepy. Oh, and and, and man, Derek is grumpy. Up. You're dopey. <laughs> you know, I've never encountered a grumpy Derek ever. He's always so upbeat. I gotta tell you, e- emailing with Derek kind of makes my day most days. It's great. I'm serious. I'm not. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not trying to be. It's. It's. It's cool. I. This is what's you know, gushing for a moment. This is what's. I mean, we've talked about what podcasting is, has done. I mean, there's like a dozen different podcasts being represented just in this one episode right here, with everything with with everything that everybody does. But dozen. <laughs> at least, at least a dozen. Um, but I, you know, we know Chris Marshall because of the forums. You know, we we've already established. You know, Chris Vince and I have met through the forums. 
Derek, I got turned on a Derek show by Bruce and Peter, and I pretty much haven't let go. So this has been a great episode for me. Derek is like the monitor of a multiverse of podcasts. I, I think he does like, what, 52 million podcasts? All of them good. That's just yeah. on a Monday. It's <laughs> <laughs> so hard to do. Yeah, he is the Bob the Monitor of of. That's Bob right. The he's, he's, he's better looking though than Bob. We'll, we'll Bob the Monitor. Oh, I was going to mention another book I read, but can, um, um, we're running out of time. So okay, you can say that's it a tease. That's a cliffhanger for next week, yeah. folks. You, you know what I have to admit of being completely remiss in my my duties. I never ever tell people where else they can hear you. Guys, I never do that. Like Chris has a show, You've David done it has a couple his own of times. show. Well, yeah, but I should do it every time, so I will. If you enjoyed this episode, you can hear more of Chris Neesman over at Around Comics. You can. There's a, a wonderful weekly show there with uh, a, a bunch of his buddies and mine too. And then you can hear David on Marvel Noise, which comes out of Derek's beautiful uh, noise group of podcasts. And you can hear Derek. On comic book noise and uh, just indie comic book noise, it's not and lots of list. You make lots of noise. The deliberate and noise network. Deliberate, you know, I had a brain fart. Deliberate noise network and another podcaster is Chris Marshall of the Collected Comics Library. You can hear him on that show, and, and not just on that show. And tomorrow's tune in podcast. Oh, that's yep. right. There you go. Everybody's branching out but me. What am I going to do? This is this is my only gig, and I, I like it that way. You, I was about to say, you've had offers. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you know what? I'm just like the forums. I'm a one. I'm a very focused individual. I can't do more than one thing at once. Like if I'm on our forums all day, maybe I'll post once or twice on, on CGS and around comics, but I am always on our forum. That's what I do. It's just like podcasts. I can only do one. You know, I, th- I think we need, you know, there aren't enough comic book podcasts. I think we need a, um, 40 something <laughs> Italian guys that live in Pennsylvania and read comics podcasts. <laughs> you forgot the incredibly sexy and intelligent part. No, he didn't. Oh. <laughs> very nice. Nutshot. Thank you very much. All right. All I right. think Derek so, and I represent Detroit rather well, though. Yes. Hell yeah. Right. yeah. You're not kidding. However, I do want to say one thing. Um, I'd like to wish uh, Matt Kramer a happy birthday. Look at uh-huh. that. Showing happy us birthday. up. Yep. I believe t- today. Is it today? Would... Yes, Thursday. August 28th is his birthday. I believe he's 30. Mm-hmm. 30 on the nose. Young man. Yeah. He's a yes. great... I, I love Matt Kramer. Matt, he does Matt, the, uh, he's good people. He yes. is. Shades. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping I'll see uh, uh, Matt on uh, the 25th of October. That he'll come down. <laughs> there it is again. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Derek. You were uh, you were promoting uh, his wonderful Shades Journal podcast, uh, his uh, Starman <laughs> podcast. Yes, and it is very good. When I interrupted to um, plug our event, which we haven't uh, officially announced yet, which we have now on the 25th of On the 25th, right? Okay, yeah, I was just checking my calendar. Oh. So, in Chicago. Jesus. Keep the date open. Yeah. Your Wait, is it, is it in Chicago or is it in Evanston? 
It, no, it is in Chicago. Oh, good, because last time I talked to you, it was going to be in Evanston. In the city, so uh, yes, uh, book your uh, book your uh, your travel this, plan the, now. This October twenty fifth. <laughs> okay, October October twenty fifth. Get the See, date you're, open. You're, you're throwing the bit now. You go on. Hey, wait, wait, Vince. Where can we else also find Wood? Does he have a blog or anything? Or he's got some kind of freaky football podcast thing. I don't <laughs> freaky know. Yeah, football. Yeah, organized <laughs> sports F- football guys. If, you know. If he did a bowling podcast, I would listen to it because bowling's cool. But football, I don't want to listen to that. Oh, you know? your tongue. I love the guy, but come on, bowling. We need a bowling podcast. Oh, I can't oh, bowling. Yeah, well, speaking of football, let's wrap this up. I got a fantasy football league draft to prepare for. No, you, you, have, a, right. you have a review to finish writing. Oh, damn it. Okay, Mom. Mr. Wood will be back next week, mm-hmm. God willing. So I'll have... Digital Kleenex is available on the forum tomorrow for the, the 2.5 people who will be crying their eyes out that Wood's not on this episode. So in the meantime, go out and buy Superman Beyond 3D, Final Crisis. Get it. Buy Ghost, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, comic book comics. Okay. Appenauts. Appenauts. Yes. Dead book get canceled. Just go out and buy comics. And, you know, better yet, introduce somebody else to comics. If you have somebody in your office or... Your, you know, your den or your scout group or something who's never read comics. Buy them a comic and you know just surprise them, and I bet you you'll turn them into fans. And then tell us on our forum. Yes, forum.bullpen, forum. Derek's there. There's reason enough to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Chris, the starter of the smartass, Derek. Because where every time somebody says something, I have to be smart ass. Sometimes I'm just grumpy, Derek. I guess. But you know, sometimes you knock the wind out of me. It's like you kick me right in the nuts. You'll be going along, maybe two or three posts, uh-huh. deadpan, no humor. All of a sudden, you'll say something that's like, "Ah!" I just like scream because it's so funny. How do you do it? I don't know. I wish I could do that. I try too hard. I'm the guy with the rubber chicken on the stage, and and you know, you you hit them with the intelligent humor. See. And Chris Marshall's on our forum, too. Just come to our forum because it's just a hell of a good time. All right. We're out of here. Join us next week when we'll have more amazingly mediocre comic talk. Be here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good night. Say good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. (laughs) 